welcome everybody to Insight Peterborough. And uh, I hope that you had a good Christmas and Happy New Year to you too. And uh, it's great to get the winter-spring season started. So let's begin, and you'll find out why in a minute. Let's begin with a song by the Diamonds from way back, uh, probably in the 50s, called The Stroll. That was the diamonds, or those were the diamonds, and the stroll from probably way back in the uh, late 50s. Would it be, Phyllis? Oh, at least I would think. Yeah. All right. Um, The reason that uh, I wanted to play something about dancing is that this weekend uh, there's going to be a workshop for... Uh, on dancing for people with disabilities. And to talk with us about that is Wes Ryan. Hi, Wes. Hello, Devin. How are you this morning? I'm very well. The workshop is actually on Tuesday morning. Oh, oh, this coming Tuesday? This coming Tuesday, that's Oh, all right, good. Okay. Now, tell us um, a little bit uh, about how the workshop came to be. 
Um, okay, well, I've, I've been dancing in Peterborough since 1994, and I've done a lot of work with people who don't consider themselves dancers. In 2007, I had a brain injury, so I stopped dancing for quite some time. And since then, I've become really aware of ways that we can create diversity within the dance community or theater and everything else. I've worked with a lot of different groups in town. I just did a project with the Brain Injury Association for Arts Week Peterborough. Um, I think that was in September. And so, yeah, I just I just felt there's a need in the community for this. So I thought I'm going to book Market Hall and put a workshop together and we're going to people can come out and dance. And, and this is, uh, is this the first of a series of workshops? I'm going to do one a month. Um, this is free dance workshop number one. And uh, I thought that good to start it in January. So we're going to do 12 of them over the next year. And, and I'm hoping that over the course of the year, some of people will want to actually be part of a dance company that we will work on shows and uh, perform for audiences and stuff like that. All right. Um, so can people who have never danced before, can they come? Yes, they can. I, I, my philosophy is pretty simple. If you breathe... You dance because it's it's pretty hard to stay still on a planet that's always moving. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Well, that's that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of uh, dances uh, will you uh, be featuring? Well, at this first workshop, what we're going to do is we're going to create a performance based on the names of people who show up. Huh? So. Um, it's a really simple exercise to start with. First, we're going to do uh, a light warm-up and do some stretching and, and just kind of get into our bodies so that we're aware of our bodies in the space. Mm-hmm. And Market Hall is a great space for that because we'll have the shutters open, so we'll get some daylight in there. And it's a, it's a beautiful sprung floor, so it's very comfortable to be on. Um, but then we will, everybody will create a movement based on their own name. And then we will build off of those movements to create a performance. That, that is the goal, and so I'm hoping by the end of the two-hour workshop, um, everybody will have something that they've created cooperatively, like together as a group, and uh, we'll get to perform that for each other. So it's mostly kind of, I guess you'd call it modern dance. Okay. Is, is, yeah. is the genre, if you like, but, but within that, um, we can pull in influences from all kinds of forms of dance. It's not, this first workshop isn't limited to any one style of dance. Okay. Now, uh, taking, um, well, let's take Phyllis, for example. Um, Where are we taking Phyllis? <laughs> what kind of um, instructions will you give people, um, say, if Phyllis were to come? How, what kind of instructions would you give with regard to uh, making a dance out of her own name? Well, okay, so the first thing I would say, after we do the warm-up, and everybody's kind of thinking about their bodies and thinking about movement, then I would say, Phyllis, I want you to just take a moment, and I want you to think of your name and then create a gesture or a movement to go with your name. So some people... Um, so then, and then you would turn around and, and say Phyllis, and you would do that movement at the same time. So really, it wouldn't be me creating a movement for Phyllis. Phyllis would create um, their own movement, and then from that, I would help... And we would build off of that. So let's say Phyllis decided to throw her arms up in the air and say her name really loudly. Right? Okay. So so it was I'll step I'll lean back from the mic. So it was Phyllis, and your arms went flying up in the air. Well, then we would take that, and then maybe we would 
work on saying your name different ways and making that movement slower, as an example. So if you said, Phyllis, how would that affect the way you would um, do the gesture that you came up with originally? And, then, and so then if we're in a group of, say, five people, then everybody, we would learn everybody else's movements and translate that to our ability, right? So because obviously if um, for whatever reason I can't raise my arm, I'm not going to be able to do that movement when I say your name. So I will translate that into whatever um, I can do to go with your name. And yeah. do you use music to go along with that? Okay, so f for the very first one, it's a very relaxed atmosphere. So I'm not bringing any music in, but I will have a hand drum and a harmonica to incorporate later on. Mm -hmm. But as we go over, as the workshops progress over the year, we will be bringing in um, different instrumentation, hopefully live musicians. And at this first workshop, we'll work on things like tempo, um, so saying your name fast and slow and changing the movement to go with it. We'll do some traveling because Market Hall is a big room, so you know we'll, we'll look at the different ways people move across the room. You know, um, and certainly um, a person in a wheelchair moves a lot differently than somebody with a walker, let's say, right? Right. So, yeah. Now, uh, we happen to have a dog here in mm -hmm. the studio with us. We've got my guide dog, Frankie. So would you incorporate uh, a dog into the uh, dance uh, performance? Or? Of course. Yeah? Of course. <laughs> I, I, I have a friend who um, has a dog that, pretty much rides on her device with her all the time so she the dog wouldn't be in the way at all but um with safety in mind of course you know but yeah of course uh animals are very much a part of our lives right, right. and so if you have a service dog um hopefully nobody brings like a service snake or anything like that <laughs> but if you have a service dog certainly we can work that in and so there, there will be people there with a, wi a wide range of nuances, uh, which is kind of my word for disabilities. Mm -hmm. right, so. so regardless of uh, whatever uh, disability or whatever it is that uh, they happen to have, uh, you'll work with it. That's right. Now, I don't have an ASL interpreter. Um, I, I can't afford one right. to, to come to this. So I'm going to write everything out in a big form on in large lettering and uh, certainly work at different ways to communicate with people and support people are welcome to come as well and uh like i said it's free so because I, i'm really big on accessibility in any in every aspect so economic mm -hmm. accessibility as well mm -hmm. and uh, would you like uh, people to know in advance uh, or at least would you like uh, to know from people in advance that they're coming. Yeah, if people could register in advance, that would be good. Now, if, if people are on um, Facebook, the event is up there, and uh, my Facebook page is These Are Horizon Days, or you can go to my page, which is Wes Ryan. They're both accessible publicly, I think. They should be. Okay. Um, and my phone number is 705-875-4239 if people want to text or call. And can I just give out the email as yeah, well? Yeah, sure. It's... These are horizon days at gmail.com. So it's all one word T H E S E A R E H O R Z O N. Oh, I Z O N D A Y S at gmail.com. Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> I didn't want it to go astray. Yes, well, that, that sometimes with my cognitive uh, nuances, sometimes that happens. But I'm pretty focused in uh, when I'm facilitating workshops. I've done quite a lot. Yeah, okay, mm -hmm. good. So um, you've been in dancing before, right? I have, yes. Ah. Yeah, okay. Well, I've, I've, I started dancing uh, 
in Peterborough in 1994, and um, I've done a lot of shows. I've choreographed shows for the St. James Players, and um, uh, so a couple of musicals, West Side Story, I did yeah. some of the choreography, and uh, Lady in the Dark. I've done a lot of my own shows and worked with other dance presenters here in town on their shows. And, um, yeah, I've, I've done workshops with... Every, I did workshops with the Montessori School decades ago. And, I, wow. I, I, like I said, I just did a big project with the Brain Injury Association for Arts Week. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Terrific. And I like to work with people who don't think they are dancers. <laughs> yeah. And uh, dancing isn't just with the feet, is it? It's with the whole body, right? Very, very much so, yeah. yeah. I mean, I was inspired to start dancing by my great by watching my great grandmother get up out of a chair really so the effort that it took her to get out of the chair and the way she composed herself once she was standing and kind of caught her breath and then moved out of the room i i i was maybe 6 or 7 at the time and i just remember being captivated by it so uh, ever since i was a kid i've i've really paid attention to the way people move and and like i said every gesture Everything we do, every bit of physicality is a form of, of dance to me. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And especially in the modern dance world, a lot of it is gesture-based and based in your breath and the expression on your face. And, and the nice thing about dance is it's always a metaphor. Right? It, it, it's telling stories in ways that, ah. that I can interpret it differently than y- you might. You know? mm-hmm. so, yeah. yeah. And there's sound involved with it, uh, I take it. Well... So we're going to base it on people's names. Yeah. So um, basically using various people's names, we will create a soundscape, if you like, right? Okay. And so, And if somebody is nonverbal who comes to the workshop, um, we, we can say their names for them or they can, they can express to us how they would like their name to be said and that type of thing. So it's, it's going to be a very cooperative workshop. It's going to work, move at a very steady um, but manageable pace. And there'll be a break in the middle so everybody can rest up a bit. All right. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything, Phyllis, that you wanted to ask anything further? No. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. He's been very thorough. Yes. And is there anything that you wanted to add anything further? Well, I, I, I just want to say that it's... For about three years now, I've wanted to start what's called an integrated performance arts company. And uh-huh. so integrated is the word we use when we say people of all abilities, right? Okay. So um, for me, this is a, a, a dream I've had for three years, so I'm really excited about it. And I, I welcome people to come out and um, help me create this, this whatever it's going to be. <laughs> all right. So. Now, um this will be the, um, let me think, The uh, this is the 11th that we're doing it on, so it'll be the 15th That's of right. January. The, the 15th of January at 10 a.m. at Market Hall. And will it be the third Tuesday of every month or not necessarily? Not necessarily. Right now, it's dependent on when Market Hall has time available. We don't have a lot of accessible venues in town mm-hmm. with enough space. Okay. Right? So Market Hall is the one I went to. And um, so it depends on, on their availability. And I'm hoping that by 
Tuesday, I know when in February we can have the next one. Okay. Well, uh, by all means, uh, make sure that you keep us in touch. I sure will. So that we can announce uh, the dates for you. I will. I will. And thanks for inviting me on your show. Yeah, well, thanks for coming. Uh, uh, I know this was kind of short notice for you. Mm. Um, poor uh, um, uh, Sarah Cook from the Alzheimer's Society was supposed to be with us, but she has pneumonia. Oh. And so we'll try to fit her in uh, mm. later on in the month when she's not coughing quite so much. Yes. But uh, glad that, um, as sorry as I am that she has pneumonia, I'm glad that uh, <laughs> we were able to have you. <laughs> Understandable. Talking to us in person. Yes. I thought we were going to have to get you to, uh, or to read your announcement as well. But uh, <laughs> anyway, you were able to be with us. Yes. Speaking of announcements, I think what we'll do... Uh, we have one more song about dancing uh, by Paul Anka, um, which I think was also from the early 60s, and it's called Dance On, Little Girl. And then, um, and then we'll uh, prevail on you, Wes, to, to read some announcements for us. I'll practice my radio voice. Okay. <laughs> Great. So here's Paul Anka with Dance On, Little Girl. And that was Paul Anka with Dan's Song, Little Girl. 
Okay, uh, like I mentioned earlier, we do have some announcements that we wanted to share with you, and Wes has kindly agreed to read them for us. Um, because we don't have a pair of glasses with us to uh, uh, to assist us. So, Wes, if, if you could read uh, the, those couple of announcements, that would be great. I will, Devin. I, I brought my glasses with me today. Good. Um, so the first one is from Public Energy, and there's a show tonight at Market Hall uh, called um, This is the Point. It's br brought to Peterborough by uh, Hurry Theater. Um, this is the point is a joyous and unflinching portrait of four individuals whose lives have been shaped in part by cerebral palsy. Um, it's an award-winning show. It deals a lot with disability and sexuality primarily. Um, through a series of stage conversations and theatrical reenactments, these two couples draw from their personal lives to explore and debate questions of representation, the nature of companionship, and whether people of different abilities can ever connect with each other on equal terms. Um, the great thing about this show is that they public energy has taken a really strong initiative towards accessibility. There will be two ASL interpreters. Um, an audio description will be available on request. Uh, there's hearing assist. Six headsets uh, will be available with amplified audio um, and low-cost tickets. Uh, Self-identified underwaged audience members can pay a special rate of $15. And uh, there's general neutral washrooms, and there's also a venue guide available uh, on the Public Energy website. I'm not sure if it's on the Market Hall website or not, but um, it outlines everything from where accessible parking is and the buses are and everything else to do with the venue as well. There are complimentary earplugs, and there will also be a designated quiet zone available during the performance in the lobby outside the bar. So and that so that show tonight is tonight at 8 p.m. and you can get your tickets at Market Hall. I got my tickets and I also saw the artist um, the artist speak the other night. Ah. Um, they they were in town and they gave an artist talk and it was really informative and they have a lot of passion and the show looks fantastic. Terrific. So, yeah. Good. Yeah. That should be fun. So that that's one announcement. Alrighty. The next announcement is wheelchair curling open house January 12th and so that's uh, the Peterborough Curling Club it's put on with uh, Council for Persons with Disabilities active together they're hosting a wheelchair curling open house on January 12th um, I'm going through here and looking for the time and stuff oh 1145 to 1245 and it is at the curling club 2195 Lansdowne Street West Peterborough all right. Now, now I have been uh, to watch some blind people curling, and mm -hmm. they have sticks. They're, they're not brushes. They are sticks that have handles on them that actually enclose the handle on the stone. Mm -hmm. And uh, so what you do is you hook those two up together and kind of take a run, but not really a run because you want to walk. It's ice. You don't want to run mm -hmm. for sure. Um, and then... At the last moment, you give a push to the stone, and the handle from the stick comes away. And it's mm. quite um, interesting to see how everybody manages all that. With blind people, they have guides, uh, people guides, who are curlers, and they probably will have the same kind of volunteers out at uh, mm -hmm. out at this uh, curling club. The photograph I see describes the stick that you're using, although the person's in a wheelchair. They also say here that they have some extra wheelchairs if people want to come and try it out. Um, you know, so you can just give the cl club a call and uh, arrange a time to, to try that out. 
I think they have a time they're doing it, aren't they? Well, this event is specifically 11.45 yes. uh, a.m. to 12.45 yes. p.m., yes. but within the write-up, they also say that oh. you can call and, I guess, any time set that up as well. Right. So, yeah. Does it give us the uh, phone number? I'm looking, and uh, I do not see a phone number on here, but it is the – you can – Contact the Peterborough Curling Club or contact Alec Denny's co-chair of uh, CPD Active Together at A-L-E-C-D-E-N-Y-S at gmail.com. That's alecdenny's at gmail.com. And, of course, Active Together is run through the Disabilities Office as well. The Council for Persons with Disabilities, yes. 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 That's right. And I don't have their phone number right offhand, but it is. Shall I Google it? I'll figure that oh, out. Oh, yeah. well, you you can. I will. Sure. <laughs> All right. So uh, so that should be fun from 11.45 to 12.40, 11.45 a.m. to 12.45, 12.45 p.m. That's right. And, and the date for that again is, um, the date is uh, January 12th. Uh, so oh, that, tomorrow. That would be tomorrow. Yes. That's right. Yes. That's right. Okay. I'm looking for Perfect. a contact phone number here, and there it is. It's 705-874-8661. All right. Terrific. Mm-hmm. Good. And those are the announcements? Those, I believe those are the only two. Those are the two announcements plus right. my workshop. Yes. So, okay. Yes. Which is, uh, once again, on Tuesday. Tuesday. And uh, at uh, Market... At Market Hall. Hall, okay. Yeah. And I just want to mention, there, there's also, will be a quiet area at, at the workshop. For oh, yes. People. yeah. Okay. And uh, your workshop, again, is starting at... 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Bright okay. and early. Until noon. That's right. Right. Okay. Thanks so much, Wes, for you, uh, uh, coming on and the Phyllis. show and also giving us a hand. My pleasure. By reading the announcements. My pleasure. All right, uh, Phyllis, can we hear, um, while we make a phone call, to the Perry Sound area? I live in Perry Sound. Is, did you? I oh, I see. Yeah, okay. Uh, can we hear a song by, his name is Shelley Pozon, and uh, it has to do with canoes. Do you see it? I see it. Okay. And meanwhile, we'll call uh, we'll call our next guest. When I first stepped in a canoe, I made a fatal mistake. I planted my heel to one side of the keel and pitched head first in the lake. I had no reason to think It would tip before you could blink Or take all your talents for keeping your balance Or else you'd land in the drink Which is what I proceeded to do When I first stepped in a canoe When I first soloed in a canoe It took me a while to learn that to sit in the bow, though I didn't know how You could tell the damn thing from the stern I paddled the rest of the day In circles and growing dismay I hadn't a clue that to steer the thing true Your stroke had to end with a J Which no one had taught me to do When I first soloed in a canoe 
I first kneel in a canoe. I paddle with languorous grace. But it's all a mirage when you have to portage with black flies all over your face. As I stagger off into the tree, at least I am off of my knees. Which I haven't quite felt since the minute I knelt And the thwarts turned the caps into cheese Which is what they instantly do When I first kneel in a canoe Now the best thing about a canoe May be just what it is not Like loud and aggressive and big and excessive Like a ski boat or a millionaire's yacht It's at home on stream, lake or shoot It won't harm a beaver or coot it may take some labor, but like a good neighbor, it won't make noise or pollute. So, if asked if you want to see do, say thanks, but I'd rather canoe. Now I have to skedaddle, God, I wish these had a saddle, and paddle off in my canoe. that was uh, put out a few years ago by the Canadian Canoe Museum right here in Peterborough. Well, guess what, Devin? Nobody heard any of that, so you're going to have to repeat it all. Oh, all right. Uh, we're also eventually going to have to turn up the microphone where the, the cell phone is attached as well. Um, sorry about that. Okay, that's great, Eugene. Um, all right, let's uh, let's save that uh, piece of music for later, and and we'll get this plugged in. Hopefully, I had to unplug it so I could hear what was going on. Okay, can you hear us, uh, Eugene? Yes, I can. We'll have to turn up his microphone. It is up. I'm not hearing anything. Okay, can you hear us, Eugene? Yes, I can. Okay, good. Terrific. So, yes, um, on almost the coldest day of the year, well, the year is young yet, but still... Um, it's cold out there, and uh, on th this particular day when uh, the cold is uh, really foremost in people's minds, we're going to talk about a summer vacation area, and it's the Lake Joseph Center on Highway, is it 169 or 69? Just, just 69. It's Highway 69. Anyway, um, it's uh, uh, north of uh, Barrie on the way to uh, to Perry Sound. And here to uh, talk about it with us is Eugene Chong, who is the director of the Lake Joseph Center, which is operated, uh, which is owned by uh, CNIB. So this center is for people who are blind, deafblind, and partially sighted. Hi there, Eugene. Hello. 
Thank okay, you for I'm, having me. I'm not hearing you. Okay, just a minute. Put your headphones on. Put your headphones on. Oh, yeah. Okay, that works. Uh, hi, Eugene, how are you? And I'm still hi. not. Oh, there you are. Are you, uh, hi. Are you hearing us okay? Yes, I am. Thank you for having me on the show. All right. Thanks for being with us. So tell us a little bit about uh, how the how Lake Joseph Holiday is that what you call it, Lake Joseph Holiday Center? No, it hasn't been called Lake Joseph Holiday Center in quite some time. Okay, uh, it's, it's right now it's referred to as Lake Joseph Center, but more affectionately, people know it as Lake Joe. Yeah, that's right. Yes. So when uh, how did it come to be, and uh, tell us the history of it. Oh, yeah. So Lake Joe's been around for quite some time. Uh, the site here, the facility here, has been uh, was established in 1961. <coughs> and it was a sort of joint effort between the Canadian Council for the Blind, the Lions Club of Canada, as well as uh, CNIB. Um, there was a demand for programming for the blind and partially sighted community, uh, especially in the area of recreation. And so that this center, since 61, has been providing those recreational opportunities uh, for the blind and partially sighted community. Uh, a lot of what we do is not only just recreation, but we also look at uh, incorporating, you know, some vision rehabilitation within sort of the context of having sort of, uh, these um, leisurely activities that are offered uh, in the summer, such as canoeing, sailing, kayaking, cycling, uh, archery. There's just so much to do, and uh, we're, we're pleased to be able to offer that service uh, to the community. So can people come at any time, or do you have weeks that are sort of designated for certain groups of people? Uh, we're hoping to one day become a facility that operates year-round. Uh, we're, we're working on a capital campaign right now to make that a reality. It's the last piece of the puzzle to make this facility uh, a four-season sort of facility. Wow. Uh, right now, we actually only operate uh, between the months of May through October. Um, so it is an extended season compared to just a summer program, uh, but the primary, like primarily the main sort of core of what we do is in the months of Jan uh, July and August. Um, but we have expanded a lot of programming into June, May, as, and, as well as in uh, September and October. Uh, one of the more exciting programs that we're offering, uh, we're doing a spring adult adventure program and it's going to start here at our facility, and then the group will be taken into Algonquin Park to do a multi-day sort of canoe ca uh, camping trip. Wow. And then it's going to be wrapped up with a whitewater adventure on um, on the Ottawa River. So, it's you know, we're really sort of expanding the scope of our programs even beyond the borders of just our facility. Um, we have a beautiful 12-and-a-half-acre property here on the shore, uh, north west shore of Lake Joseph in Muskoka, but uh, there's so many opportunities that exist within the area that we're really leveraging, uh, you know, the opportunities that exist in the communities and, and the landscape around us uh, for opportunities for our guests. And uh, you can uh, see uh, the, uh, the center from the highway, can't you? Yes, there's not as much traffic as there used to be years ago when 69 was sort of the main route to go north. Um, 
because now 400, there's a 400 that just keeps going um, beyond us. But yeah, you can still see it from Highway 69. It's a popular drive for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's just less busy than 400. And yeah, you can see us right from the road. And you're south of Perry Sound, right? Yes, we're about 25, 30 minutes south of Perry Sound. Mm-hmm. So close enough that we're, uh, you know, we have access to uh, certain amenities, but uh, far enough away that we're still pretty, you know, secluded and have a beautiful, quiet spot on the lake here. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. And now, do you have certain weeks uh, that are designated, say, for for kids or families, or how does that work? Yeah, so our season's broken up. We have three primary sort of focused groups that uh, utilize our facility. We have our family programs, and uh, we have people in our family programs that are, you know, we last year we had a six-week-old. I think that was the youngest guest we had <laughs> last year. And uh, they come, um, any member of the family is a client, so um, it could be the parent. A, a parent or a guardian who is a client or the children and there's programming for both adults and and youth and children during the family program weeks uh, then we have our youth focus programs and we've really expanded those opportunities here at lake joe for the youth um, the programs primarily focus on youth who are between the ages of 8 and 18. Uh, we've expanded opportunities for them not only in just providing them with the sort of quote-unquote general summer camp experience, but providing them opportunities like specialized sports um, training or opportunities through our Camp Abilities program where they work with performance coaches. Uh, We offer other sort of introductory to uh, sports and uh, active lifestyles through our play program, which is pushing limits for active youth. And then we've increased uh, leadership opportunities for our youth, so they're really able to sort of develop skills that are um, not only camp skills, but uh, life skills. And uh, in our sort of, we have a LIT program, which is our leaders in training. We have a sort of job skill development program called our counselor in training program, which is new this year. It's for individuals who sort of grew up in our camp, but want to take that next step and become perhaps a staff member here at Lake Joe. And that program sort of geared and catered to those individuals to help them develop those job skills so they'd be successful staff members of Lake Joe. And then we have a youth leadership development program that really actually this year is being launched uh, here at Lake Joe. And it, 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 it brings youth from across the country uh, to our facility to develop uh, not only leadership skills, but also uh, potentially job skills, especially in the areas of communication, self-awareness and other sort of skills that will benefit them in the world of work. Um, and then we have our adult programs, which have always been a high highlight in our schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, last year, I think our uh, the eldest guest we had was celebrating her 97th year. Cool. So, yeah, so from six-week-olds to 97-year-olds, <laughs> we have programs virtually for every age range and ability here at Lake Joe. Yeah, terrific. Uh, now, when I came, which was a number of years ago, um, there was an open boardwalk, and there were cabins uh, with just rooms and a washroom, I think, at either... Oh, no, there was a washroom at one end and a screen porch at the other end of the cabins. But I understand that uh, you've done a lot of uh, construction and renovation since then. 
Yes. Uh, so our site, we're proud to, uh, you know, sort of proud of our site being a fully accessible facility. We still have the boardwalk that connects the majority of our camp and all the, the sort of building structures together. So it allows people to navigate our site with relative ease. Uh, there are no steps in any part of our facility, so it is fully accessible for those who have mobility issues or concerns. Um, with regard to the cabins itself, yeah, we have newer cabins. Um, the rooms that are within the cabins have their own ensuite. So uh, our guests, it's mainly two to a room, so it's two single beds. They are matching nightstands as well as sort of a shelving or a dresser area so that people can put their items away. And then it's attached to a full sort of full ensuite, which includes a shower, uh, a toilet, and a sink. And... Um, it's the people, the occupants in the room that have access to that ensuite. So there isn't a communal washroom anymore or bathroom anymore. Uh, each room has its own uh, washroom. And uh, while people are here, uh, we do linen service as well. So, you know, the bed linens, covers, they're all provided for you. Um, of course, if people want to bring their own sort of uh, stuffy or blanket or something that, that really helps them sort of settle in, they're more than welcome to do so. But... Um, you know, just bring clothes and, 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 a, and a, a good attitude, and we, you're ready to go for the summer. Yeah, that's terrific. And uh, we were talking about weeks a couple of uh, minutes ago. Do you have a week for, for people who are deafblind? Yeah, so primarily we don't have a specialized week in the sense where there is a, a week dedicated to our deafblind uh, guests. However, they, um, we work with uh, DBCS, DeafBlind uh, Community Services in Ontario, and we have uh, weeks within July, our Adult Week 1 as well as Adult Week 2, where um, we have uh, DBCS sends their interveners along with our guests, and they provide sort of, uh, services to our DeafBlind clients on site. So, you know, it isn't necessarily designated as a specific deafblind week, but it is an opportunity for people to come and have access to interveners. Um, we are currently working on other new programs with our DBCS partners uh, for other opportunities. Um, and hopefully when those sort of uh, are established, then we're able to then sort of um, make the announcement of a new and uh, new opportunities for our deafblind clients. Okay. Um, we were talking earlier about the uh, planned trip to Algonquin Park. Do you do other uh, trips? Uh, I remember when I came, for example, it was a shopping day in Perry Sound. Yeah, so we do have uh, what we call our sort of excursions. Um, and we like to go and visit local attractions, Um and sort of support some of the uh, sort of and, and benefit from some of the activities that happen in the area. So, for example, last year, you know, we would take a trip to the farmers market uh, that takes place in Rosso, and people really enjoyed that opportunity to sort of engage with local businesses, the community, and sort of get out and about and, and experience some things. Um, we also do other trips and tours around the region uh, which include trips to like uh, the cranberry marsh i think that's a, a popular activity as well as uh, there is a museum in bala which is not too far and it's an anne of green gables museum wow and um the, you know the the curators of that museum are very involved in the experience so there is somebody who plays a piano and sort of it's 
and, and tells a story along with the music. Um, and interestingly enough, uh, the one of the owners or the curators at the museum worked at Lake Joe back in the 60s. Really? And, um, yeah, it was in 65, I believe. Cool. Um, the, and the cool story there is she had to come and tell us. Um, she worked here in 65 for one summer. Um, she got on the board uh, on board one of our buses to introduce herself to the group, and one of the guests on the bus said, "Hey, I recognize that voice," and was able to tell her her name and the year that she worked at camp. Oh wow! And she uh, she you know all of a sudden broke down in tears because she didn't realize <laughs> the impact that she had had on the individual. Mm-hmm. And, and, for them to remember them as, uh, after so many years, so it's it's quite a special experience and and moment. And there are so many stories like those for of people who have these kinds of experiences here at Lake Joe, and we're proud to be a part of that legacy and heritage and history. Do Do you still take people horseback riding? Uh, not it hasn't been offered in a few years. Mm-hmm. It's definitely something that we're looking at uh, trying to reintroduce. I think there's so many opportunities here with regard to you know engaging with animals and 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 being a part of that. Um, we do not have horses uh, and we don't do horseback riding currently, but it is something we're looking into. Um, but I am pleased to say we do have an ambassador da- a dog who uh, by the name of Willow, who's a part of our team here. And she's a guide dog ambassador dog that sort of is able to interact with families and individuals who might want an opportunity to spend some time with an animal. Um, It's very therapeutic for the staff to have her around, and I'm sure it will be the same sort of impact for our guests, who, especially those families who have young children who are potential or potentially, you know, exploring um, the idea of having a guide dog in the future. So. that's it for animal interaction on site. No horses, but we're working on it for sure. Yeah. I remember um, one year when I was there, uh, we went horseback riding, and I had a horse named Lady. And uh, when we finished the ride, I wrote a, a poem called Lady's Lament, which was her talking to her stable mates about uh, what kind of an experience she had with me. <laughs> Wow, that's that's wonderful. Um, it's amazing how you know you had that experience and it still sticks with you. And that's often the, the experiences that uh, people have with summer camps. I myself grew up in summer camp, and uh, I think I'm in the business because of the fact that it's had such a big impact on my life personally and really helped me to grow to become who I am today. So uh, it's amazing to hear and share stories, camp stories with other people. Uh, Ladies Lament, that sounds like a very entertaining uh, poem. I'll have to send that to you. That'd be wonderful. <laughs> and uh, so, um, with Willow there, uh, guide dogs are welcome uh, to the the uh, center, aren't they? Yes, of course. It's definitely a part of our culture to have them here. Um, again, uh, their welcome addition here at the camp is. Um, so there's opportunity there. We're working on sort of being able to accommodate them to a, be- uh, to a greater degree on site with regard to, um, you know, facilities being developed for for the dogs, like a, an actual dog run. There is a dog relief area, but it's not in any way a dog run. Um, we're re- looking at some of the other programming that's uh, that might be available. Um, this spring... Um, we're actually hosting the Guide Dog Users of Canada annual general meeting here at Lake Joe. So it's going to be a great opportunity for us to really engage that um, that group and really 
find out and, and listen to the voices to say, you know, how we can be more um, effectively accommodating our, our our furry companions that really help to, you know, let uh, enable people to be, you know, fully independent and have those experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'll be great. I'm looking forward to that <laughs> in uh, September. Um, oh, it's in the fall. Yeah, yeah, that's right. yeah. Now, there's so many dates in my I know. Right now. <laughs> We're so busy. It's it's actually a good problem to have. Uh, it's nice to know that there's so many people who want to come to Lake Joe and be a part of the the culture and the community here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else? Certainly, I want to uh, ask how how people can uh, uh, contact you and that sort of thing. But before that, is there anything else that? Um, that we should be talking about or highlighting? Yeah, for sure. I think it's important for people to know that when they're on site, that there are a lot of different opportunities to participate in, uh, like in recreation, for like I'd, I'd mentioned earlier. Um, however, there's so many other opportunities that exist here that people can, you know, if you're not really the active type, doesn't mean that there aren't opportunities for them to be able to enjoy the site. We do have art programs that are developed. Uh, we have a kiln on site as well as pottery wheels so it's definitely something that we're going to further enhance our arts programming uh we're really looking at developing and bringing in some more artists from within the community to support the work that we're doing here so the work we're doing here is not only for you know um our clients and our guests, but it's also really enhancing the community as a whole. Uh, an example there that I sort of want to share is in our youth program, uh, there's a local camp that we work with. Um, they send their leadership campers to Lake Joe, and they work with our staff to learn about, you know, um, facilitating programs for individuals who have different learning abilities. Um, and then they go through some impact training with us. They learn about sighted guide and they're, you know, they have, they learn and develop all these skills with our staff. And then they go back to their home camp. Um, and then a few days later, we actually send our campers to their facility to engage in programming at their facility that we do not have access to here. For example, they have a climbing wall, and our our guests, our our, our campers are able to engage in activities at their camp uh, that they wouldn't have access. But it's facilitated by the leadership campers that were here uh, a few days earlier. So it's really great to see that um, you know it's it's a learning opportunity for not only our guests and our clients, but also for sort of the general public as a whole in the sense where they're able to then sort of understand that learning abilities are very different and there's different ways of communicating. It really, I think, enhances the experiences for everyone as a whole. So there's a lot of work that we're doing within the community, which I think is something that we're really proud of as well as continuing to expand. Um, we work with our partners in Vision Loss Rehab Ontario really to provide opportunities for um, our guests to come on site and really develop some, you know, independence and skills and confidence. Um, one of the areas that we're really looking at ex and have expanded is the how we've integrated technology into our site. Um, our site has Blind Square beacons across the site. And for people who are not familiar with Blind Square, it's a, it's a wayfinding app uh, and, and tool for individuals who are using either smartphones or smart technology like an iPad, and they're able to then sort of navigate the site using these beacons that will sort of give them and uh, that will explain where they are on the facility as well as what sort of is in within each space. It's a great tool for people to really use 
and experiment with on our site because there are these beacons that exist in communities around Ontario and across the country and even the globe, I'm sure. And it will give them an opportunity to sort of engage with this technology in a safe uh, and, and supportive environment. Um, other things that are really cool on our site that we're doing is we've been generously gifted an outdoor pizza oven. Wow. Um, yeah, so we're gonna we're continuing to develop skills like cooking. Um, outdoor cooking is a popular activity on our site, and now with the in, uh, addition of an outdoor pizza oven, we're really gonna be working with um, our guests to be able to sort of make their own pizzas and learn about how to put it together and and sort of the food safety aspect as well as safely navigating around open fires because we also do open fire cooking. Um, we're also going to be, you know, with that is our herb garden. So people will have the opportunities to sort of engage with herbs and aromatics and understand sort of, you know, what they could do to enhance their cooking at home. So, you know, there are opportunities that we're really looking at developing further. Um, the last piece that I'd mentioned was the, you know, where that last piece of the puzzle to make us fully operationally around is what is known as our Elms building project. So Elms used to be a, a cabin that was here. Yes. And you might remember it when you were here. I do. Um, yeah, so Elms was the last standing cabin on our site from the old sort of property. And uh, for years it had not been used because of the fact that it was not safe to be uh, occupied. Mm -hmm. And in uh, the fall of 2017, that building was um, demolished. Um, that being said, we saved some of the panels of that building so that we can sort of put together like a a memory wall or an homage to the camp of the past um, but that building itself is right now gone and the land in which it occupied is a blank canvas and we're, what we're hoping to replace it with is what is known as our Elms building you know we've thrown around a few ideas calling it like the learning commons or the learning center but it is a, going to be a multi-use building where we're going to incorporate things like a kitchen a teaching kitchen into it as well as you know a, t a space dedicated to technology like a computer uh, computer lab and and once that building goes in then we're going to be able to enhance some of the programming that we do on site which will include more actively um, cooking and other living skills but looking at also embracing and enhancing the use of technology on our site so like with app development because that's really sort of a popular field for a lot of people looking at social media um, there's so many different opportunities that exist in this world um, that will allow people to sort of broaden their scope of what they can do um, you know, actually, it's interesting that I'm talking to you now. One of the things that we are hoping to do is even develop a radio station on site so that people have the opportunity to, you know, broadcast and, and be a part of curating music and, and such. So there's a lot of things we're doing. We're really excited about it. And I just, you know, as you can tell, I, it's, you know, it's something I can talk about for a long time. <laughs> And I do appreciate the opportunity to share that with you and your listeners. Yeah, well, hopefully you'll get some people uh, contacting you to... Uh... Uh, book some time for themselves up there. And speaking of which, <clears throat> how do they contact you? So you can give us a call on the phone, um, and we have a toll-free number that you can reach us at. Um, and I will give that number to you as it's uh, it's easy to reach us through that number, and that's one eight seven 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 four eight four zero two eight. 748 
Um, or you can visit us on the web. Um, the address for our page is uh, www.cnib.ca slash Lake Joe. Um, and then those are the easiest ways to get a hold of and get more information on our programs. Our registration system is now done online, so people can actually register online for our programs. Uh-huh. And that would give us an update of you know their information. Um, our fees are highly subsidized already. Uh, for an adult to come for a week is six ninety for the week, and that includes um, your stay, food, activities. Um, there are additional fees for like some of those on uh, those offsite excursions, um, but six ninety is what it would cost for an adult to come to our camp. The actual cost to come to camp. Um, would be more in the ballpark of about $1,800 for an individual. So $690, um, one will know that it's highly subsidized at $690. But for those guests who need further support, we do have a bursary or subsidy program that's in place. And uh, it would require for people to just let us know that they're interested in receiving some subsidies. Uh, There is an application process to that, but there are funds available to support individuals who might not have the means to come to camp. Because our prior to be able to offer these experiences to everyone. Um, We do have transportation also available from sort of certain areas. Um, If there is a demand in a specific area like Peterborough to bring people to camp, that's definitely something that we can work with, uh, work on and develop with our community partners like the Lions in the area, uh, which we're doing for a lot of our other initiatives. Um, So there's a lot of opportunities. The best place to get all the information is online. Okay, and can you give us that uh, website again? Yes, it's cnib.ca slash Lake Joe. All right. Well, thanks so much, Eugene, for coming on and chatting with us, especially on, I'll bet you it's really chilly up there today, eh? Yeah, we're, uh, they said wind chills about minus 32. Uh, it is pretty sharp. Um, which is funny because it's, you know, I'm, I'm dreaming about the warmer weather ahead with our summer season. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a part of being up here in the north. And uh, like I said, once when we become a full year-round facility, we're going to be offering programs like cross-country skiing, snowshoeing, ice skating and such. So it's a, it's a good opportunity for sort of us to get used to this cold because it's going to be very much a part of our reality. Right. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for uh, coming on and chatting with us. And uh, as you make uh, further uh, additions uh, uh, with regard to programming, perhaps we can have you on again at some point. That would be wonderful. Thank you so much. Okay. Take care, Eugene, and uh, we'll we'll talk soon. Okay. Bye now. Bye-bye. Well, that was very interesting, Devin. Yes. Yeah. I was uh, one of the things I noticed was he talked about having uh, a dog as a greeter to the uh, facility, and I noticed that there's a hotel now that is has a um, a dog in their facility, and they're getting other dogs because it's a kind of a chain hotel. They're getting dogs in their other locations as well, and there's an airport that also is using dogs in their facility. Yeah, not just for uh, bomb sniffing or drug sniffing. No, no, no. These are greeters. These yes. are uh, calming the people when they're getting excited. That's right. <laughs> yes, as some people do when uh, when they have to fly. Yes. Well, yeah. I I think it's uh, to kind of override the fact that uh, they have to wait so long sometimes. Yes. 
Yes. And so the the one uh, thing that was said about the dog in the hotel was that it had failed in its guide dog Ah. Uh, classes because it was so friendly and it liked people so much and I guess it must have been so distracted from doing the job it was supposed to be doing yes that they decided no they, it couldn't be a guide dog ah okay <laughs> all right well we're just about uh, out of time we um, actually have no more time oh we don't <laughs> no. oh all right okay All right, well, thanks so much for joining us this week, folks. Simon is currently in Mexico, uh, but he will be back next week. But thank you, Phyllis, for co-hosting with me. You're welcome. And uh, we'll see you soon. Yes. Bye. you, You have been listening to Insight Peterborough through the facilities of Trent Radio at uh, 92.7 on the dial and uh, at uh, CFFM. See Triple FFM uh, in Peterborough. Bye for now. Bye.